0: Welcome to a very special WrestleMania season-inspired episode of Mid-South Moments. So my good friend Stuart Roberts and recent guest host Mark Dunderdale were due to be making the trip down south to London so that we could all watch live together in the early hours of the morning on Sunday night as is customary for UK fans. And we all actually attended in person um, last year in New Jersey. But alas, the world has changed, so those plans had to be scrapped. But one of the things we planned to do was an in-person WrestleMania quiz and release it as part of the show with a very special prize going to the winner. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, we are still able to bring you that quiz to you today prior to the normal review. So first of all, I want to let you know what the rules for this very special WrestleMania Saturday showdown were. Um, which, for all you fans of trivia out there, um, I wanted to let you know as well, if you don't know, this is the first time that a WrestleMania has ever aired on a Saturday. The only previous departure was WrestleMania 2, which aired randomly on a Monday night from those three locations. Um, I'm actually recording this opening before the questions are read out, so I really hope that that is one of the questions, as I know I'll at least get one right, as I expect to be tested quite severely by these so-called friends a little bit later on. So, essentially, the rules are as follows. There's three of us. Each individual will answer 20 questions posed by their fellow participants. And um, There's three designated time periods from the history of WrestleMania um, which have been randomly allocated to each person to build a question base from. The overall winner will be crowned the WrestleMania Saturday Quiz Champion and will receive a very special prize. So that special, sp- special prize so easy for me to say, is an original Wrestlemania 2 program. So we couldn't get a Wrestlemania 1 program, couldn't get Wrestlemania 3 program, so we've got a Wrestlemania 2 program instead. And as for the random draw, Mark Dunderdale will be asking questions based from Wrestlemania 1 to Wrestlemania 12. I'll be asking Mark and Stuart questions based from Wrestlemania 13 to Wrestlemania 24. And Stuart will be asking questions from Wrestlemania 25 to Wrestlemania 35. Let the battle commence. Right, we welcome back to Mid South Moments Mark Dunderdale joining us all the way from Scorby, Lincolnshire for our WrestleMania Saturday quiz and making his debut appearance Stuart Roberts all the way from Forbury in Wakefield. Welcome, both of you. Hi, hi. Hello again. we are very sad that we're not doing this in person um, on what was supposed to be WrestleMania Sunday, but we're making the best of a bad situation. Um, and, you know, we need it, don't we? something trying to cheer us up in the hard times that are at the moment, basically. So um, I've explained how this quiz is going to work, and I look forward to Mark winning the quiz in about half an hour's time, <laughs> uh, as is has been customary when we've done this before. So, Mark, over to you for round one.
1: Okay, so I've got ten questions about WrestleMania 1 through to wrestlemania 12 so if you're both ready
2: i am ready Yeah, yeah
1: ready question one at wrestlemania 2 hulk hogan became the first person to retain the wwe title at a wrestlemania who was the second person to do it Okay. All right. Yep. Question... Oh, I might have to come back to that. <laughs> okay. Question two. This is a half point for each. Who were the two special guest referees at WrestleMania ten?
0: I'm not sure about the answer to question one. You know, I, didn't have I was worried about. Technical difficulties, but you both you seem much clearer now, so that's
1: good. Okay. Ready? Yep. Question three. And Razor Ramon face at his first WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah, I've got that wrong. I've got that one. I've got that. Okay. Question four. You need more time, Steve. You're looking pensive. Oh, do you know what? I've
0: just changed my my, my answer.
1: For question one. Can I? I, I, need, I might have to ask a clarifying
0: question about that one.
1: Okay.
0: Can I? It's not. The answer isn't a trick question. It's not Hulk Hogan again, is it? Because obviously he retained the year afterwards.
1: No, the question was who was the second person to do second it. Second person. Okay, fine, yeah.
0: fine. I've just changed. Okay. Sorry.
1: <laughs> trick It's uh, right, Hulk right. Hogan. <laughs> okay. So, question four. Who lost tag team title matches at WrestleMania 2 and WrestleMania 9?
0: Okay. Yep. That's a great question.
1: St- Stu's thinking, so I'll give it a bit more time.
0: That's an excellent. I, I'll, I'll fill in the gap for you, boys, Stu, but I think the Countdown Conundrum clock is coming up very shortly.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, we'll have a, we'll have a moment at the end of the round to, to, to Yeah, these. I think we might
1: yeah, need a, yeah.
2: a mop up mop up questions yeah <laughs> Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> question 5. Who managed Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania 4?
0: Ooh. Uh Okay. That's a very very tough question. WrestleMania 4, 1988. Correct. A long time ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working my way. Silence. There's going to be after the question. That's and uh, and I, 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 I'm still working my way through the WrestleMania nine card.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question six: Which was Crush's first WrestleMania?
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: I don't know if that's a clue. Okay. Question seven. Who refereed the main events of WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 11? Okay. One person.
0: I didn't know about the 11 until I watched that years and years later and didn't really realize that was a, a thing. If I, well, I might have it wrong, actually. So if you've got be, it correct. Yeah.
2: If, I've got, if I've got it right, yeah. If I've got it right. This isn't uh, a guest referee, is it?
1: Uh, Sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's not a full-time WWE referee. Hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: Question eight. Err, uh, I guess this is half a point each. Um, What was the result of the boxing match between Roddy Piper and Mr. T at WrestleMania 2? So I guess half a point for who won and another half for how did it finish.
0: Okay. That was on the, uh, what was that on the second portion of the show from Chicago, I believe. I'm not sure. I think
1: it main evented one of the. Uh, yeah.
0: One of. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I'm. Good, I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say it just in case it's one of your questions. There's something interesting about WrestleMania 2 that I found out the other day. That I didn't know
2: when I was doing a bit of research for this. Uh, i fa- Yeah, and I've got. I've got a fact about WrestleMania 2 that I found out as well.
1: I wonder if it's the same fact. Mm. I it's the same fact. We say uh, well, well it'd be interesting so. that. <laughs> My remaining two questions don't involve. Um, don't directly involve WrestleMania 2, If you want to divulge okay, your.
2: You go first. I found out that WrestleMania 2, is it the only WrestleMania that was held on a Monday?
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, I was looking to see if there was any WrestleManias
0: ever held on a Saturday, um, and there wasn't. And that's the only one that wasn't held on a Sunday, because obviously their pay-per-views darted about a bit, and it's a Monday night for some bizarre reason.
1: I did not was, know that. Was yeah,
0: that your you fact
2: as well? Yeah, that, that was, was that my answer fact answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. <laughs> I've just thought wow. for a bit more time, so I'm still going through <laughs> WrestleMania 9's cards. Because yeah. what I
0: wanted to say was this was the first WrestleMania Saturday in, like, whatever it was, 27, oh, 8, right. yeah. years. But there had never been a WrestleMania Saturday, so, yeah.
1: I have no idea.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's very odd, very odd that it was on a Monday, especially with the time zone stuff, because I guess, though I presume the LA one started later, but, yeah, very odd, yeah. but, yeah. Um,
1: question 9. Of the first 12 WrestleMania's, Which had the lowest attendance?
0: Okay. Okay. The lowest
1: attendance. Uh, Wow. So I guess Um, that's just trying to envision the arena when you've seen it on TV and wondering which was the smallest. Okay. Okay. Question 10. Um, (laughs) Ooh. um, hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll come back to that. Go on. Question 10.
1: Who comes next in this chain of people? Sensational Sherry, Luna Vashan, Diesel, Jenny McCarthy, and who is next? I'll say them again: Sensational Sherry, Luna Vashan, Diesel, Jenny McCarthy.
0: Who That's comes total next? guess. I'm going for there. Yeah, uh, total guess. Tell you, why tell not we, we'll we have a little wrap-up of the questions and we'll come back in oh. with the answers very shortly. Oh, excuse me, I said a at a light, a light bulb moment. Right, we'll be have... back very shortly with the answers.
1: Okay, answers uh, are as follows. Question one, at WrestleMania two, Hulk Hogan became the first person to retain the WWE title at a WrestleMania. Who was the second person to do it? The answer was Diesel at WrestleMania eleven. Uh, so, Steve got that right. Stuart, unfortunately, Yokozuna was incorrect. Because um, he went into, I guess, you say, oh, WrestleMania 10, he did retain it, didn't he? Technically, yeah. he did. Have I got that wrong? He, he won it he at nine. He retained nine. it against Lex yeah. Luger. And yeah. he retained well, it against I'm Lex wrong. Luger.
0: Yokozuna. I'm Yo wrong as well,
1: and I have to yeah, yeah
0: Yeah, it's Yokozuna. Like okay.
1: It. Right. Wow. I'm changing that. Stu got it right. Steve got it right.
2: Oh, that's made a difference, yeah. Do
0: you know what? I never... I wouldn't have got that in a million yeah, cause, years. Yeah, because
2: Brett... Because Brett fought of old, did. didn't he? Because they broke like two did. matches, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. He retained it
0: against uh, Lex Luger. Leg, yeah.
2: I mean, oh, did he, definitely. though?
0: Cause I suppose he retained the title. He lost by DQ, didn't he? Yeah. But I think that is right, Yokozuna, yeah, but that is a very... That yeah. would have been very clever if that had been the actual answer. But, yeah, that's... Uh, well done, Shu. Thank so you, mate.
1: well for my quiz. Question one, I got the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, right, question two. Who were the special guest referees at WrestleMania 10? You both got these correct. Mr. Perfect was the first match. Rowdy Roddy Piper was the second match, both for the WWE Championship. So we're
0: going one full point for that, then, is that? Yep. Yeah, okay, great. Right. Uh,
1: question three. Who did Razor Ramon face at his first WrestleMania? Um, Stuart got that right. Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 9. Uh, Steve passed. Uh, I guess you weren't sure if the Shawn Michaels match was his first, I guess.
0: I thought IRS, but then I realised that I'd answered that for the next one. So it's like it can't be the same things. It, was the, same, it was the same WrestleMania, wasn't it? So, and I had that down until right at the end.
1: Right, yeah,
2: this
0: yeah. It's a poor start. Am I on 100%? You are? Uh, yeah. Yes.
2: Just give me it the, the never crown faced, now. Uh, so <laughs> IRS at a
1: WrestleMania. He faced IRS no, WrestleMania. Royal Rumble, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's all going to go downhill from now, though. <laughs> right, question four. Who lost tag team title matches at WrestleMania 2 and WrestleMania 9? The answer was Brutus Beefcake. Ah, bollocks. Ah. Uh, it was oh, the Dream team. Him and Greg Valentine against the British Bulldogs. And him and Hulk Hogan against the. Um, I, I oh,
2: was actually Trying Marine to think corporate. of a Yeah I was trying to think Of a tag team That's why I was going through the What tag team matches Was there on um, yeah. On Wrestlemania 9
1: Because
0: if The question was lost At the tag team title match Wasn't it Yeah of course Yeah.
2: was yeah, yeah. it.
0: So um, And also Mike Rotunda lost the title At Wrestlemania 1 Didn't he Not Wrestlemania 2 Pathetic yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I,
2: put, I put the Beverly Brothers So there you go That was <laughs> a real Stab in the dark <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: Don't think they ever Did a Wrestlemania Anyway Uh, Question five, who managed Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania 4? A decent answer, Stuart, with Johnny Valiant, but it was incorrect. Uh, It was Sir Oliver Humperdinck. So Steve got that one right. Uh, Question six, which was Crush's first WrestleMania? The answer was WrestleMania 7, because he teamed with Smash as Demolition against... um, Two people who weren't around long. I can't remember which. Tenryu and someone. And K- Henrik- yes. And Kitau. yeah. That was it. Uh, I thought it'd be a bit tricky question because I thought people might think it was the Doink match at WrestleMania Nine. But yeah, I, I think uh, about it. Was it fun, yeah. I think um, so. Steve got that. Right. Uh, no, hold on. Yeah, Steve got that right. Stewart went WrestleMania six. I guess you were thinking Demolition again, were
2: you? Oh yeah, it was definitely Demolition because I remember yeah. Crush. Yeah, 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 being yeah. in it, but yeah, it was a. And I've actually written seven down, but I changed my mind, so that was uh, silly right. wasn't it,
1: uh. So Question seven. Who refereed the main events of WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 11? Steve got it right. The answer is Pat Patterson. Um, he Obviously, people remember Muhammad Ali was the enforcer, if you like, at WrestleMania 1, but Pat Patterson was in the ring. And I think from interviews and stuff I've seen, it was to walk <laughs> Lawrence Taylor through the WrestleMania 11 main event.
0: Yeah, very interesting that one.
1: <clears throat> and uh, question eight. I guess he
0: did the same role for Mr T as well, I guess,
1: presumably. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Question eight. What was the result of the boxing match between Roddy Roddy Piper and Mr T? Uh, Steve got a full point because the answer was Mr T by disqualification. Uh, Stu got half a point because he knew Mr T won, but uh, by sl- was incorrect. So, question 10, the one I was really proud of. Uh, who comes next in this chain of people? Oh, no, question, not, we question, question 9. Question, nine, so Did I, that question, nine. question yeah. 9 of the first 12 WrestleManias, which have the lowest attendance. See, in my head, I always assumed it was WrestleMania 9, because people talk about it was in a car park, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a really big car park, so that was yeah. not the right answer. The answer is WrestleMania 7. Ah! Um, ironically, wow. because the original plans to hold it in the Coliseum, it would have been... It would have broke WrestleMania 3's record, and then they mm. had to change to a small arena because of whatever reason you want to believe um, yes. either a terrorist threat on Sergeant Slaughter's life or they were selling not very many tickets. Option B,
0: I would say. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the WrestleMania 7, WrestleMania 9, and WrestleMania 11, the attendance is there's only 700 between them, so it was quite oh, wow. close okay. to get any of those right. And uh, WrestleMania 7 is the right answer, which I don't believe either of you got. Nope. Stu guessed number 9. Steve guessed number 11. Uh, question 10. Who comes next in this chain of people? I love we'll this question. Love this Sensational question. Sensational Sherry managed Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 8. Luna Vachan managed Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 9. Diesel managed Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. Jenny McCarthy oh, yeah, really managed Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 11. So the answer is Jose Lothario, he wrestled. Managed Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12,
2: and I couldn't remember his first name. That's oh Christ yeah, Christ. you put
1: Mister LaFeria. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I
2: impression. think you get
0: that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I reckon. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah that was brilliant. Good. That was a really, really good question. Really yeah, good question. Great.
1: So by my maths, I get Stuart four and a half out of ten, Steve five out of ten. So that's pretty neck and neck. Great. Well, that mm-hmm. is Jesus. fantastic. Just... Okay. So,
2: and this is where, this is where Mark now is. just wipes the floor
1: with me, so... Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We will see.
2: Yeah. yeah, this is 10 out of 10 coming. Um, let's...
1: Change your balance. Right, more. so
0: on to the WrestleMania 13 to WrestleMania 24 questions, and this is where Mark takes a rip-roaring lead. Um, so, first question. How many titles changed hands during WrestleMania 13? Try, uh, have you, uh, you've, have you got guys, got a slight feeling in deja vu at the moment? Have you heard maybe some of these questions
1: uh, previously? Uh,
0: but I mean, we definitely haven't any, haven't had any significant technical difficulties, so that's good.
2: Um, so question, I'm just gonna, I'm just two. gonna have the thinking face for every question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: please do. So question
0: two: Name one wrestler that took part in the shortest match at WrestleMania 14. That's the shortest match of WrestleMania 14. Question three. Who left WrestleMania 15 as the WWF Women's Champion? So WrestleMania 15 in Philadelphia. Who left WrestleMania 15 as the WWF Women's Champion? Ready to go, guys? Question four? Yeah. Question four is, What was unique about the men's matches at WrestleMania 2000? So what was unique about the, re- the men's matches at WrestleMania 2000? The only time this ever happened. Question five. Who won the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 22 in Chicago? That's the second time the match was run. The Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 22 in Chicago.
2: Question six.
0: At WrestleMania 18, name one man that took part in the event's longest match. So name one man that took part in the event's longest match. Question seven. Who was the Undertaker due to team with in his tag team match at WrestleMania 19, which ultimately became a handicap encounter? Question, oh, ready to go for question eight? I mean, yeah, I know yeah. you are because we've been through this already once and it's all written down, so I don't know why I'm trying to kayfabe the listeners. But there we go. You, you don't let, let them look at the people Yeah, just play alone, play alone. Come on, you know, you haven't had this before. WrestleMania 23, who was Chris Benoit's last Mania appearance? Oh, sorry. WrestleMania 23 was Chris Benoit's last Mania appearance. Who did he beat to retain the United States Championship? Question nine. At WrestleMania 24, one that um, Stuart went to, and I still occasionally wake up in the middle of the night with tears in my eyes wishing that I'd been at. WrestleMania 24 was Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair in what ended up being Ric Flair's last ever match in WWE until he... Sold his sold TNA and did matches there and, and also. Who was the uh, promotion he did Hulk, the Hulk Hogan tour with?
1: That wasn't Austra- TNA. was, it was
0: it in Saturday? Australia. No, was independent?
1: I think was that was either him or Hogan arranged the tour. I think. Right, yeah, it was okay. in Australia, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was. Horrendous. Corrend- so that last match, what did long-time wrestling journalist and historian Dave Meltzer give that match in his Star System? And um, the options here are A, three and a half stars. B, 3.75 stars. Or C, 4 stars. And finally, WrestleMania 16 is widely considered not to be the best WrestleMania of all time. (laughs) But can you list all of the people that wrestled on that card? So this will be sudden death, penalty shootout style. Um, We've already flipped a coin because we tried this for WrestleMania 17. It's lost forever. So, um, Stuart, you are going first. So... I am going to get the WrestleMania 16 card. Sorry, WrestleMania 2000. 2000. was known back then, but now WrestleMania 16. Bah.
2: Going to struggle on this.
0: Um, so, take 87. Stuart Roberts. WrestleMania 16. Name me someone that wrestled at WrestleMania 16. Shoot.
2: Big Show. Correct. Mick Fowler. Correct. Triple H. Correct. The Rock. Correct. Starting to see the uh, the benefit of not going first now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Correct. Matt. Oh, come on. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: <laughs> Gary path under pressure
2: Edge correct Christian correct as he just sits there and swigs another swill of beer as I've teed him up um oh dear me um I'm really struggling. I mean, it's not really that str- memorable. Rest of no, it's
0: WrestleMania 17 would have been a lot better than this game, but you know,
2: um, I'm gonna have to take a wild punt at. i gonna be wrong, but I'm gonna go with Scotty Too Hottie. Um, yes, correct. Oh, yeah, you know what he's going to say now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grandmaster sex. Oh, oh crap. No. I'm
2: going to go well. with, um, um. Oh, Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Mosh from the Headbangers. Uh, That is
0: incorrect. So, Mark, for the win.
1: Um, Dean Malenko. Correct.
0: And, Mark, you've you've won. So, I'm just going to quickly... I'm going to try and run through the names of people that we didn't have there. So, uh, first match was Big Boss Man and Paul Buchanan um, defeated The Godfather and Dino Brown. Parker Holly over Crash, Crash Holly. Albert and Tess versus Gees, Al Snow and Sam Blackman. Um, you had Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley that we didn't have. Um, Terry Runnels defeated The Cat. That was the only single... Oh, actually, I nearly gave something away then, but we'll forget that. So, <laughs> that. Try that from the record books. I think you might both have that one. Or anyway... Yeah, nearly, nearly did a fact about all of the questions he asked, which is great. And um, China was on the card along with Eddie Guerrero and Perry Saturn. Yeah, Chris Benoit, Jericho, and Kurt Angle, and Kane and Rikishi against Road Dogg and x pack I have absolutely no memory of that match whatsoever. So we will uh, tabulate the results of that very long-winded uh, round, thanks to my internet problems, and we'll be back with you very shortly. Right. Going through answers now, at, so how many titles change hands? I'm really nervous with what happened in round one, that some of my answers are not going to be correct here, so I look forward to standing correct. So how many titles changed hands during WrestleMania 13? Well, I believe one, the World Championship and nothing else changed hands, because The Rock was what? IT champion and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Owen Hart and Yokozuna were tagged team champion and that ended in a DQ. So I've got one the world title from Psycho City to Undertaker. So i got nine of you down. might you three shoots Oh yeah, was
1: gone by uh, WrestleMania thirteen.
0: Yeah, I thought that was so, WrestleMania eleven, wasn't it? The, I uh, know,
1: I so I think
0: it's right. But let's it? just do you know what let's 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 check thanks to his last two was Survivor Series. Not Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Sorry, Bulldog. Owen Hart and British Bulldog oh, yeah. were the champions. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they were double. Double
2: DQ of Mankind Invaders. So Yo, So Yokozuna, Owen Hart was WrestleMania 11, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that's. I think that's right. So I think. and um, twelve. And twelve. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so question two was: name one wrestler that took part in the shortest match at WrestleMania 14. Um, So Mark, you left Takamishinoku, and you went for Sable. Believe it or not, the shortest match at WrestleMania 14 was The Rock and Ken Chamrock at 4.49. The Takamishinoku match was only a little bit longer than that, so neither got that one right. Um, Question three, who left WrestleMania 15 as the WF Women's Champ? Both correct with Sable. Um, Question four, what was unique about men's matches at WrestleMania 2000? Um, both had this as well, and there were none. There were no singles men's matches at WrestleMania 2000. Um, question five, so you both got that. Question five was, who won the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 22 in Chicago? You both correctly said Rob Van Dam. Question
2: six, at
0: WrestleMania 18, name one man that took part in the main card's longest match. So, the main card's longest match was The Undertaker versus Ric Flair, and at 18 minutes and 47 seconds, it was six seconds wow. longer than the Wretched ret- Triple H Chris Jericho title match. So, um, Stu went. For, sorry, Mark, you went for Triple H, Stu went for William Regal, so neither there. Question seven, who was The Undertaker G- team with in his tag team match at WrestleMania 19, which ultimately became a handicap match? We both got Nathan Jones. Um, WrestleMania 23, question 8. WrestleMania 23 was Chris Benoit's last Mania appearance. Who did he beat to attain the United States Championship? The answer, Mark, you got was MVP. Um, question pass.
1: 9.
0: Yeah, pass from Stu. Question 9. At WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, Sean Michaels fought Ric Flair and what ended up being Ric Flair's last ever match in WWE. Which uh, star rating did Dave Meltzer give it? What did he give it? So, um, you both went for four stars, which I think was, is very reasonable in the circumstances. He voted it three and a half, which I think really? is pretty disgraceful. Yeah, I thought that
1: match, you've got to go four well, at minimum. Regardless of whether it's right oh, or okay. wrong, I thought Dave Meltzer is such a big Flair fan, he would have gone a generous uh, star rating.
0: Sorry, Mark, just just say that again, it's that cut out of my end. I, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't face the prospect of any more editing.
1: Regardless of whether it's right or wrong, I know Meltzer's such a big Ric Flair fan, I thought he'd have given it a quite high rate higher rating than that. Yeah, funny.
0: yeah interesting the back issue is not available for that. So I didn't I didn't get a chance to read his comments. But um there's a couple of websites that have got all the like by wrestler, wrestling observer ratings. So yeah, an interesting one. Um, and then Mark won the Battle of WrestleMania sixteen, um basically, yeah. So scores in the doors at the end of that round were Mark with six and Stu with four. So that means that Stu finishes the competition with eight and a half points. Congratulations, Stu. So going oh, into I'm, the round. I'm quite cool with that. And I think you, I think you did, did well. I think you'd have, you had a, you had a good chance with some of the, some of the gimmick battle royal ones you've thrown out for WrestleMania 17. The lost quiz were very, very fantastic. I think deserve a lot of praise. So what are we going into the final round here? we I think I'm on. What am I on? Uh, you got that written down, you... Five and six, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so five and six. So I am definitely not going to win. And I look, forward, the to, I look forward to wa- walking down to the post office in Clapham uh, with a <laughs> mask and some gloves on to post that WrestleMania 2 program to you in the coming week. So, yeah, can't wait. So, Stu, over to you with your questions on WrestleMania what? 25
2: to WrestleMania 35. I've slightly just redone my questions based on them scores. So, in summary, for the next 10 WrestleManias, you've got to tell me the name of the fan that was sitting behind Michael Cole. And if you can't get them, then. Uh, was well, him in the green t shirt. Send me that, a send me, <laughs> send me that program. It. Right. Are we ready? <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: So, some of these a little my... bit off the wall. i tell you what, Stuart, I'm not ready. You talk talking about yourself for a second because I have not got my phone, which is a much needed thing. For this game, For one second. Do I even know where my phone is? Uh, so why don't you t- why don't you talk some wrestling trivia between yourself while, uh, while uh, the... uh, I just
2: want to talk about that naked gun moment again when he was having a wee in the toilet. <laughs> but, you
0: know, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to reveal those secrets on air. Um, I, had so some... just...
1: I had some backup questions. Let's see if any yeah, of them come Uh No, some of these might. Filter into stew, so I better not. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Oh, there is one there. Who wrestled in two Mania, WrestleMania main events in the 1990s but is not yet in the Hall of Fame? That's a good question, that.
0: Actually, my phone was literally just next to me. Was <laughs> That's going to be some exceptional, exceptional podcasting there. Who wrestled in two WrestleMania main events in the, in the 90s Not Not in the Hall of Fame?
2: Correct. Yeah,
0: WrestleMania wow.
1: 8 and WrestleMania 13. That's a great shout.
0: I'm just, going to, I'm just going to close the door quickly as well. Oh, there's a cat in here now. There you go. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going horribly wrong. What an episode of Miss Half moments this is. This is... Uh, you know, we're just about to hit the big time before we did this, uh, this WrestleMania <laughs> quiz.
1: <laughs> I had one that sort of intera- interlinks with Stu's, uh, Steve's quiz. Uh, WrestleMania 2000 consisted of nine matches, only one of which was a singles match. Who was in that singles match? But Steve must know
0: that. Cause so that was ready. the cat and somebody, wasn't it? Terry Runnels?
1: Yeah. Correct. Oof. And then my only other one that we haven't gone over so far. Only one WrestleMania main event had both participants using their real names, which was it? Both uh,
0: participants um, using their real names. That is. Uh... Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Bingo. Oh, wow, that's great. That's really, really good. Yeah, because I was thinking John Cena, but obviously now I, I, him and him and well, Batista, its not his real name anyway. It's his anyway. The stew. Let's do this.
2: Yeah. I think I think for Mark, I purposely avoided any John Cena questions. Um, I would
1: I, 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 I back myself to get some right, but I just okay. rather not talk okay. about him if we could.
2: So some yeah. of these are le- some of these are a little bit off the wall, but hey, let's go with it. So, are we ready? WrestleMania 34. Charlotte defeated Asuka at WrestleMania 34, ending her record undefeated streak to the nearest 10. How many days was that streak for?
1: Does this include NXT or since she went up to the main roster?
2: I think this includes NXT. Okay. But Um, I I will be corrected. Okay. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. Ready to move on? Yep. Yeah. Question two: WrestleMania thirty-two holds the record for the shortest match in WrestleMania history. Which two wrestlers fought in that match? Is it half okay. point for each? Yeah. Okay. Okay. WrestleMania twenty-five: Jericho versus the Legends. So you gotta get this order right. In what order did Jericho eliminate the legends to win the match? You got to get the correct order for one point. I'm not sure I can actually remember what, who of them were, even though
0: we were sat together watching it live, which is just goes What so do you get the worst memory gets? So it's gonna be embarrassing when I don't get this. I I was about to say something awful then, but I think I'm going to keep that. Maybe we'll do...
2: Well, I'll say what I was going to say off <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. Go ahead. Question four. WrestleMania 26 was only the fourth WrestleMania to do what? So WrestleMania 26 was only the fourth WrestleMania to do What?
0: Okay. Uh,
2: Okay? Yes. All right. Question five. WrestleMania 27. Edge defeated Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship in his last match before retiring. Edge had Christian in his corner. Who was in Alberto Del Rio's corner? And I'll give you a clue. It's half a point for each Answer. Uh,
0: uh, I can't. Uh, I think of his. Um, uh, I don't think I can remember his WWF name. No, uh, no I'm
2: pasting oh, okay. that. Okay. Sorry. Question six: WrestleMania thirty. So this is a non. Match slash wrestler related question. What first happened at WrestleMania 30?
1: What was the first part of the main show?
2: No, what first happened at WrestleMania 30? And it's a non-match, non-wrestler related question. Ah.
0: Uh. That's tough Uh, uh, Wow WrestleMania 30 I think this is going to be back to back passes here
2: Ready to move on? Yep Question 7 WrestleMania 30 was also the last To display what On their promotional posters I'm still really trying. Question
0: five, which is really annoying me. Um, I can see the bloke eight. I can't think of. My I'm fairly list. happy oh, with no. that one. I mean, no.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm
2: ready to go. Yeah. Question, question eight. So this is uh This is uh There's three parts to this answer. You need to get them all right for a point. So. Zack Ryder defeated six other wrestlers to win the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Can you name me three of the other competitors, but one must be the champion at the start of the match. So I want the champion at the start of that match and two other wrestlers. I can can
1: name three or four, but I have no idea who the champion was. Uh, I know it was <laughs> a bit
0: of um, controversial when he won, wasn't there? Um, People thought it wasn't the right decision, but um, yeah, that is really tough. I think it
2: was more of a travesty. They took it off in the next day. <laughs> uh, oh, right, let's go with that. Total okay. guess. Ready to move on? Question I'm, nine. I'm, yeah. I'm good. WrestleMania twenty-nine. The Shield. Defeated Team WWE. What three members made up Team WWE? <laughs> I knew I should have done some,
0: some uh, revision on what day modern day WWE is. No clue. No, no ah, yeah, Which 29?
1: WrestleMania? Uh, 29. Their first WrestleMania.
2: Uh,
1: Okay. That is
2: a okay. great answer, back home. Um, yeah. Last question. Got to be one on WrestleMania 35. Who won the Women's Battle Royal?
1: Yeah. Um, that was the match it was in the middle of as we entered the stadium. Women's Battle Royal. I think I was
0: more concerned about like I was getting a photo than actually Watching what's
1: actually going on. Yeah, um, that might have been when we took our uh, group photo, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not happy about it, but I have got answers for all 10.
0: I don't think so. Right. Uh, okay, I'm done as well. So, yeah, let's, uh, we'll be back very shortly to crown Marcus
2: Champion. Very, <laughs> very, <laughs> very Okay, so. First question was Charlotte defeated Asp at WrestleMania 34, ending her record undefeated streak to the nearest 10. How long was that streak? Well, her day's streak was 914, so it should have been 910. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so, <to> Steve, <laughs> you put 690, Mark, you put 920. I'm mean, lucky. How... That's, that.
0: That's, That's
1: just That's absolutely crazy.
2: ridiculous.
1: She debuted right after SummerSlam 2015. WrestleMania was April 2018. You just do the maths. 900-something.
2: Incredible. Close, but no
1: cigar. So, on that one. So, question two. WrestleMania 32 holds
2: the record for the shortest match in W WrestleMania history. You both got this right. It was The Rock versus Eric Rowan. Six seconds, which I think probably took out the WrestleMania 1 record. Was it Special Delivery Jones and somebody, which was nine King Kong seconds, Bondi. I think. King Kong Bundy. yeah.
1: That was faster, definitely, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think
1: so, one for the history books, that's The Rock's final match.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think he'll ever do a
2: match again now, will he? No. Unlikely. So WrestleMania 25, Jericho versus the Legends. The order in which he eliminated them was Snooker. Piper ah, Steamboat. So Stephen got that right. I um, Just WrestleMania, easy 20 me I get to, but, uh, WrestleMania 26 <laughs> is only the <laughs> it was WrestleMania 26 was only the fourth Mania to do what? And that is be held in an open air stadium. Preceded by WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 19 and WrestleMania 24. Mark got that right. right. The thing is, the
0: thing is, is that. But WrestleMania 19 had a roof over it the whole time, so.
2: <laughs> I still think that's an open arena. It was
0: open. I believe you, know, you said earlier
1: this episode. It was both inside and outside.
0: It was inside and outside, but that, yeah, fair enough. It wasn't title match. Didn't go.
2: So oh, okay. okay. So uh, that's unfortunately, Stephen, I mean, you got that wrong. Yeah, I was about that answer. So WrestleMania 27, so Edge defeated Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship. So he had Christian in his corner, Ricardo Rodriguez, and Brodus Clay was oh, in the of corner oh. of Alberto Del Rio.
1: NXT, yeah, he was his mentor.
2: So you so put you, uh, you put uh, Stephen, you passed on that one, and Mark, you put Ricardo Rodriguez and Zeb Coulter
1: yeah, I got my ears. You, you can get, get a,
2: half, half of that, I think. You can have half a point. Half a point,
1: of that sh- half a point
2: yeah. yeah. Okay. So WrestleMania 30. So this was a non-match, non-wrestler-related question. So what first happened at WrestleMania 30? It was the first time it was broadcast on pay-per-view and the WWE oh, Network. Good. Very yeah, very good question. WrestleMania 30 was also the last display. What on their promotional posters? There might be a little bit of doubt creeping here in this answer, but it was actually, well, it was either the Roman numerals or the actual number of the event. Every promotional poster after WrestleMania 30 yeah. doesn't have the number of the WrestleMania on it. Yeah, good yeah. cool, cool, cool point. Yeah. So or... also
1: correct, but I'll, I'll
2: let you go yeah. there. Later. So, Stephen, you got that right? Mark. Right. Unfortunately, no.
1: WrestleMania
2: 32. I,
1: oh, got. Sorry, got, go on. as my answer, it was the last one to use the old WWE scratch logo before they changed it, which is also correct. But let's move on. And WrestleMania
0: 19 wasn't outdoors.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, is that that is right, you- it's like
0: having a big window open.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Zack Ryder defeats six other wrestlers to win the ladder match for the IC title. So um, your answers should have been Kevin Owens was the champion at the time. Wow! And yeah. then you could have had another two from either the Miz, Sami Zayn, Dolph, Lig- Dolph Ziggler, Sin Cara, or Stardust. So Mark got that. You nailed right. it right.
1: Yeah, I genuinely didn't know Kevin Owens was the champion. That was. I put three names I knew were in the match. I didn't know who the champion was.
2: WrestleMania 29, The Shield defeated Team WWE. The three wrestlers that made up that team was The Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. So another point to Mark. know. Uh-huh. WrestleMania Tony 30...
1: Had a match, I think that one... Was it Team Hell No wrestled at that one?
2: Yeah. Against, well, one yeah.
1: Of... Against New Age Outlaws, I think. And,
2: and WrestleMania
1: 35... Kidding.
2: Carmella won the battle, women's battle royal. So,
1: So, uh, if my
2: math is correct, I make Mark on five and a half, and Stephen on three. Yeah, I've got. um, Yeah, so I've got
0: the final scores on the door myself, which is embarrassing, as I'm hosting this podcast, and I feel very ashamed with eight second place due with eight and a half and the winner as predicted expected winner since since i sat next to him when i played in 2001 and talked to myself (laughs) i thought i knew quite a lot about wrestling and then i realized that i didn't you're wrestlemania saturday champion and winging its way to you very very well not all that soon as soon as i get to post office and wrestlemania 2 original program congratulations i've done it out so mark Please, we need a speech. Tell us what it means to you.
1: Um it means a lot, Steve. I mean, you work hard, you devote hours and weeks of your life in solitude watching wrestling, and I thought this is all a waste of time, but now I know it <laughs> it wasn't it was all worth it. Well Thank you very fantastic,
0: much. Mark. and um, congratulations to incredible questions I asked. Let's see whether we can do this in person next year for WrestleMania. In person, yes. somewhere yes. between us, not in person in Los Please, Angeles. God. Yes. We all agree, we're not going <laughs> to Los Angeles for WrestleMania next year on any That's circumstances. Not so, no. yeah, no. 100% not happening. So, guys, thank you. And um, we'll be, um, Mark's going to be joining us for the review, or joining me for the review shortly. Stu, thank you very much. I hope we can do a mid-south um, review at some point in the near future. Good to see you both. Uh, good to yeah, see yeah, yeah. you, too, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Take care, and we shall okay, speak you okay, very soon. Be- I am very honoured that the WrestleMania Trivia King has spared the WrestleMania Trivia last place peasant some time today to review the April 28th, 1984 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Welcome back, Mark Dumberdale. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well. It's the least
0: I could do, Steve. Still basking in the glory of uh, your your absolute and
1: clear triumph the other night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with it, yeah. Uh, so I'm to my I, wife and child and, and neither of them uh, really. Uh, care.
0: So, well, perhaps I think they they should should care more, Mark. I I was going to say that anyone, uh, I'm not going to reveal the second botch. Now, the first botch is obviously quite obvious. There was a second botch within the quiz. So, if anyone uh, anyone messaged me on Twitter, maybe I'll I'll, I'll work out a special prize for you for that. So, yeah, (laughs) two botches in the quiz is just fantastic. Um, Yes, very much my fault. The the worst one of all actually as well. So, anyway, so on to the April 28th episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, so, Jim Ross is at the desk, and this looks to me like they might have had a slightly upgraded set here. This looks a little bit different from... Did you notice this? This is a little bit, uh, little not bit different. Not really,
1: but now you mention it, yeah, yeah, it maybe was a bit of a, a slightly improved backdrop.
0: Yeah, I thought so, yeah, definitely. Um, so, we have um, Jim Ross is at the desk, and, and he says that matchmaker Grizzly Smith has put together a great number of matches, as usual. And Ross adds that the Superdome extravaganzas are always the greatest wrestling events in America. And, and due to the World Fair happening in New Orleans, they'll have a special Superdome Superdome edition on June the 16th. And tickets go on sale on Monday, May the 7th by all Ticketmaster outlets and at the Superdome. Um, I, know, I thought when I was noting this down that I'm not sure why I went into so much detail about the ticket selling process, given that it's entirely pointless. Our listeners are some <laughs> 431 months too late to get involved in this. So, Uh, Yeah, do not get your tickets for the Superdome extravaganza from Ticketmaster Outlets or the Superdome. Um, Just too late. Yeah, just a little bit too late. And now the next thing that Jim Ross says, I had to rewind because I was in stunned disbelief. And Ross (laughs) says they will also have some great news about a super date at the Superdome. And any young ladies that are not married and are at least 18 years old will have a chance to win a date with the Rock and Roll Express airfare and hotel expenses will be included along with many other things. And he, <laughs> he advises people to get your pen and paper ready because later in the hour, they'll tell us exactly how to enter. I mean, I just don't know how, and this gets worse, but we won't give away the later part of this point. Um, but yeah. I don't understand how this is an actual thing. Uh, what did you think of this initial opening of the super day at the Superdome?
1: Well, uh, not something I've seen before in wrestling. I think this is a new one on me. Um, but he stressed he did stress certain terms like uh must not be married so that suggests the rock and roll express work quite fast and uh a married lady might not um might be a bit of a <laughs> well no. I, don't, I don't know how to describe this uh, <laughs> you, you know I... they're getting a limo they're getting a meal, and then they're out with the rock and roll express I think any married women that marriage would be dissolving shortly thereafter maybe.
0: Well, interestingly, Ricky Morton, according to my um, good pal, good good foul? good pal Phil, who was on last last couple of episodes, apparently Ricky Morton was bit, had been married for six years at this point. So, oh. uh, I'm not sure whether the Superdome super at the Superdome impacted on that um, at all. But yeah, <laughs> that is uh, an interesting uh, interesting fact that makes the whole thing even more creepy than it already is. Um, yeah. So Ross switches gears and goes over the often used storyline device that is if someone on guest commentary interferes in any way, then they are fined. So they throw it down to ringside with Cowboy Bill Watts standing with Terry Taylor, who is sporting a red and yellow hooped long sleeve polo shirt, which is as vile as it sounds. Um, he's still in a neck brace and he still has on his large pair of glasses. Um, so Watts says he knows that when you leave amateur wrestling and become a pro, people think that you don't ever lose your call. I've not heard this before. What?
1: Why, what is that? I didn't, didn't understand that device. Yeah, it, it was odd. I, I was thinking as the episode went on, I think Bill Watts is the MVP of this episode, much like the last uh, one I reviewed with you. We were singing Jim Cornette's praises. Um, the, what's his way with words really interests me. I, it's not something I've heard before, so he said people think he, it might have been something he made up. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think you so. You become yeah. a cool and calm person and you're unemotional. Yeah. Um, once you turn professional, but um, then he goes on to say uh, from being on both sides of the fence himself, he knows that's not true.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. So he, he knows as well that it isn't as simple as that and that Taylor is someone that acts with his heart sometimes. Watts says that when Khrushchev went to shave Duggan's beard, Taylor went to save him. And he can't blame him for that, but he knows the rules and, the ultimately, and that ultimately means a $2,500 fine. Taylor says he believes in wrestling by the rules and he will pay the fine, but he could not stand by and see what the Russians were doing to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Taylor says he lost his head, but if it came down to it again, he would do the same thing. Watts asked what what the progress is on his neck, Um, and Taylor says his vertebrae is smashed and that his nerves are pinched. He adds that if it happens again, he could could lose the use of one of his arms. I don't know why I found this so funny, but (laughs) it just wasn't light at all, was it? I mean, it, it was surely... Surely that isn't, ac- I mean, obviously it wasn't reality, but I just thought they probably went a little bit too far here in, in terms of the severity of this. What, what did you think of the, yeah. the Taylor's explanation?
1: It wasn't the severity that stood out for me. It was um, Taylor really hadn't sort of practiced beforehand how he was going to suggest what the problem was. He was sort of stuttering his way through saying the vertebrae has sort of kind of smashed together and he was waving his arms <laughs> to show yeah. how the vertebrae impacted and things. So it wasn't, very well explained, but uh, he got to the point eventually.
0: No, exactly. This is an advertisement for scripted promos. I think most of the, most yeah. of the things you see are probably the other way around, but this, this was this was not. And Taylor not the most polished in these um, these performances where he has to, he has to speak.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, I liked how Watson added um, sort of putting putting things in real life terms in wrestling. If you don't wrestle, there's no pay. So I know you're anxious to get back as soon as you can. Yeah,
0: I've I've noted that down as well, and I just thought that was um, that was quite a horrible line, really, in retrospect from Watts. I mean, no, no, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't taken that way at the time, but with everything we know about wrestlers sort of going out yeah. there and wrestling when they're not supposed to, um, it was quite something to sort of hear that. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You might um, lose
1: the use of your arm, but you've got to get back in there, or you yeah. there's no money.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So we then cut to the biggest mouth we've ever had in Mid-South Wrestling, as described by Watts. Um, And backstage, we have Ross and Cornette. And Cornette says that without doubt, this is going to be the greatest day in the history of Mid-South Wrestling. He is a generous individual, and he's sick of the same people getting all the opportunity in title matches. What he's done is signed three open contracts for three tag team title matches down on Mid-South Wrestling. But there are some exceptions. Staggerly and Bill Watts. He says they've already sent Watts into retirement. They're not, they're not going to get a match. Taylor is hurt. He's out. Jim Duggan and Magnetier, they have to wrestle on the show anyway, so not them. Not Dr. Death Steve Williams. He's not there. And definitely not the Rock and Roll Express. Anyone else, though, they will defend against. Um, back at the desk in front of this new set, um, Jim Ross seems to have walked in time here to be in two places at once. Um, <laughs> Watt says he was emphatic with his exceptions, or Cornette was emphatic with his exceptions, but he's narrowed it down to a field that hasn't got a great deal of ability. I mean, he's hardly actually named anyone there at all, um, and and Watts has just basically said the rest of his roster has no ability. What, what do you think of the the segment here, setting up this uh, this show long angle?
1: I noted down exactly as you described it. There, he he named eight people, uh, mm-hmm. one tag team, which was Rock and Roll Express, and six singles guys. And uh, Bill Watts then said, "Well, if none of those eight are facing him, then we haven't we haven't really got anyone else up to the up to the caliber." Up to their calibre. Uh, yeah. So that surprised me. Uh one thing about Jim Ross teleporting, I think they did say uh Jim Ross interviewed Jim Cornette earlier today, so that was a free like, oh, okay. record. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll t- I'll take that back then. Yeah. Um, but again, so Cornet's delivery was faultless as usual. Um he said we'll face anybody on the show, but obviously there are exceptions and there are always loopholes. And that's yes. when he went on to to he, he physically had a list in his hand of people he'd wrote down that Midnight Express will not face.
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought it was great. Cornette is so, Cornette is so good, he's, he's really good later on as this, um, this moves forward. Um, so in ring, and there we have it, Boyd Pierce <laughs> wearing a green suit with shell, what appeared to be tortoiseshell shell print, that has just smashed the smithereens, the Boy Pierce fashionometer. Um, I think I said his earlier effort, which I think was the purple suit, which wasn't super dissimilar to this, was like Omega and Okada 4, and then it smashed the star system. And this is so far beyond that, it would be the equivalent of two aliens coming down from space and having a 10-star match who can get close. This is just completely unbelievable from Boy Pierce. What did you think of this suit that he was wearing?
1: Yeah, I've watched quite a few episodes now, and I've got to the point where I, I get excited at the start of the episode, wondering when the camera cuts to Boyd Pearson ring, what I'm going to see. It could literally be anything. And um, it... yeah, sorry, go on. So no, Mark, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I I don't know how to describe the suit. You did a pretty good description there. But I think uh, my grandma used to have some furniture or a carpet with the same pattern, uh, sort of late 70s, early 80s. But I could be uh... wrong on that.
0: It was so offensively bright green as well. And I, th- I think he's almost been, he, he's been toning it down over the last couple of weeks. And I, and I wonder whether it was because he knew that it was, he knew there was a new suit on order, this green monstrosity. He's like, I'm actually going to tone it down. So when I actually wear this, it's going to be for maximum, maximum impact. And it absolutely was maximum impact. In- incredible. Um, hats off to Boy Pierce for pulling this one off. Um, absolutely. F- but first up to take the challenge from Midnight Express is Greg Kozlov and Jason well, um, Boyd Pierce says Walker, but his name is Wacker on screen, which is a, a bit of an unfortunate name, really. Um, I think and Ross,
1: Ross and, and Watts called him Wacker on commentary. But, yeah, they um, did, yeah. Yeah, it made me wonder when Boyd Pierce called him Walker, was it a simple, somebody had read the C wasn't quite curved enough and they thought it was a L, <laughs> and um, I don't know about that. Yeah,
0: it was um, Jason Wacker is not is not the best, best wrestling name for this poor chap. <laughs> Um, Cornette takes the mic and introduces tag team champions and a team that will defend the belts proudly throughout the program. Um, and they're excellent theme hits and they still do not have matching outfits. Come on, guys. You're a tag team. Yeah. Sort it out. Um, Eaton appears he's going to shake his opponent's hand, his opponent's hand, but clobbers him with a forearm, which thought was a great start. Um, Watts is protesting on commentary about wrestlers making their own title matches and that this isn't a proper contest. So he speculates that Grizzly Smith, who's been a matchmaker since, I think he said 1979, I'm not sure if you he caught did. that. Yep. Yeah, 1979. Yep. Has a way of making people trap themselves, so he has confidence in him. So Watts here is is alluding to something not being quite as it, as it seems here, um, which, I th- which I thought was a nice touch. Um, Watts says in commentary that he and Stagger Lee were able to control their bout at the last stampede. But he doesn't outright mention the result. Um, he does go and say that there's more tape of the last stampede, and they're going to air more of it. So I think we touched on this uh, maybe off air, but this is the the 15 matches that they pretty much presented as being one match, um, which I think they've done in a really really great way. What, what are you have, you? have you seen most of this stuff? I think you you have, haven't you? So what do you think of this yeah. whole presentation of the way they did this last stampede?
1: Um, well. Uh... In the previous segment where Jim Cornette was listing the people that the Midnight Express would not wrestle, he said, um, we sent Bill Watts back into retirement. So my first thought was, okay, the Midnight Express won until it dawned on me, you know, they are heels. Maybe he's exaggerating or outright lying. So then here, um, I think the wording Watts used was, was uh, he and Staggerly outdid them tactically, which caused Jim Cornette to lose some face. Uh, so the the referring to that match or matches but they're not outright telling us what happened which I guess is smart if there's a way to watch it uh, a different way that that's what the fans would be looking to do at that point
0: yeah exactly so I I think this this was really really cleverly done and and probably around the sort of time period where actually things like this probably couldn't happen too much longer just because well I don't know actually because I think as as fans that consume a lot of content, a lot of podcasts, a lot of newsletters, etc. I think you sometimes forget that actually the vast majority of people just watch the T V and just sort of accept what, what it is and that and they don't have a thirst for a great deal of knowledge. So I suppose this, yes. this sort of thing probably was going on for much of the much of the eighties. Um with some of these some of these matches being presented as a one off but actually actually it really wasn't. Um so we uh, so yeah okay so the Midnight Express win this one in two nineteen with Condry's big slam off the second rope. Um, not much. This is pretty much a, a squash. Any any thoughts on this match?
1: Yeah, um, uh, there was a few things I noticed. Like um, Jim Cornette, I should say, before the match started when he took the microphone off. He used the line which uh, I think your your guest Phil mentioned last week. Uh, that's enough, Boyd Pierce, you look like an Easter basket without the jelly beans. I have no idea what what that means, but (laughs) the way he delivered it just made me laugh out loud anyway. Yeah, um, he's great. And I also noted how Bill Watts was, um, when he was discussing Grizzly Smith, he was unusually critical, I thought. I don't know if it's leading to something or it was just out of character. Normally that he and the other commentators praise Grizzly for putting things together. But it was sort of uh, he was basically allowing the Midnight Express to pick and choose who they're going to face. And it got me thinking about the dynamic between the two, because it's sort of like in UFC, Dana White and Joe Silver. One guy's running the show. There's another guy sort of behind the scenes playing the matchmaker role. And I don't remember in wrestling ever having two people like that. Um, I, I mean, you can think of like Paul Heyman and Todd Gordon were running ECW at the same time, but uh, Heyman was the sort of matchmaker and the guy in charge. So that was an unusual. It's just over the last couple of weeks, noting how Bill Watts is clearly in charge, but Grizzly Smith is sort of calling the shots alongside him.
0: Yeah, because you you, de- you didn't you certainly didn't get that in. Uh, I mean, the later stuff in WF when you had a kind of commissioner going up against Vince, but that was never really a. That was that was used as a storyline device when they needed to get yeah, somewhere and, for something, rather than full time, wasn't they? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And they're all on TV alongside one another, whereas Grizzly is basically not on TV from week to week at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting looking back actually how how companies used to do this sort of stuff because the the, the kind of storyline trope of, uh, of it just being a kind of a heel authority figure has been around for so long now. But actually, you don't you don't actually need it. You can do it. You can do something like this with a you know a championship committee or someone that is named but never seen without um without really needing anything else do you really
1: yeah i mean wh- when we were starting to watch wwf uh jack tunney had maybe made three four appearances per year if that but he was referred to uh a lot more times than that uh in decisions being made without being seen
0: yeah exactly and I, th- I think that i think that works i mean i, I don't know how joe i should know watch the episode. But I can't think how AEW do this, in terms of, um they just seem to, the matches just seem to ma- happen, and I don't think, I can't think that they've mentioned a championship committee, or anything like that, and they've not said, oh, Tony Khan making the match, or anything like that, so they've they just kind of left that um that
1: I don't think that the,
0: out of it, they, I think.
1: Yeah, they rarely do, sort of, impromptu matches there, and then on the night, it's sort of, the matches are all put together in advance, so they're listed yeah. out at the start of each week's Dynamite, and, um, it's all set in stone at that point.
0: Yeah, there's not the um, someone walks down to the ring. There's a there's an angle. They have a match kind of thing, is there? Which yeah. is actually better, I think. Really,
1: I, I, I do, I've
0: said this a few times. I think obviously you can't present wrestling as as a real sport the whole time because obviously there's going to be some things that you want to do that's outside of the bounds of that. But I think on a, on a quality control basis, I think there's in all wrestling, AEW included, sometimes New Japan, certainly WWE. um, there's just a lack of quality control sometimes, just someone thinking, okay, if this was real, does this make sense? And if, it do, if the answer is no, and it's too far away from that, then it, shouldn't, it just shouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, going forward, so um, next up is Midnight Express' second title defence, this time up against Tony Torres and John King. Um, after the break, it, Eaton hilariously is doing squats in the ring, and Condry press-ups. I know just Condry gave up for Eaton here, because he, I think he probably gassed himself out with his, uh, these press-ups. And, um, while Pierce announces their opponents. Um, Watts says the referee has become a successful businessman, and he's proud to call him a friend. A nice little deviation from uh, Bill Watts there. Um, He makes a David and Goliath reference and says that these kids have nothing to lose and everything to gain in their challenge. Um, In the end, um, the Midnight Express hit their what they use as their finisher during the first part of their run um, in Mid-South, which is a little more extreme version than the demolition. What was the demolition finisher called? Total demolition?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know what it was called, um, but yeah, Ax had put someone over his knee like a backbreaker style while Smash did the elbow drop. Whereas on this one, uh, I believe Condry had the guy on his shoulders like he was halfway through a back suplex. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it was I a I mean, it was a great, great looking finisher, but probably pretty dangerous, really. But um, again, not not a huge amount to this match. Do you have any sort of thoughts on this one?
1: No, I, I noted down the same as you about the referee. It, It was sort of out of the blue, as though Bill Watts was just doing a friend a favour by putting him on TV. But um, he gets a bit more involved later on in the show. uh, Alfred Neely Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the John King, one of the guys I hadn't seen him before. He sort of from a distance, if you didn't know any better, he's got he's tall, he's blonde, he's got the physique, he's got the mustache and the trunks. Just looks like Magnum TA, but obviously once the match started, you could see a big difference between yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So, after this one, what says that Grizzly Smith has a smile on his face and he's been given word that there's going to be a change and this third open contract has been bought by a man with a score to settle with Jim Cornette. And it's been bought by Mr. Wrestling and his new protege, Mr. Wrestling 2. The Midnight Express don't know it yet, but they'll be back after the break with that match. And so, initially I thought this was an interesting little tease here that you might get the Mr. Wrestling characters towards the babyface side of things at least in one match. Um, and I can't recall any heel-on-heel contests so far in what I've watched, but quickly that became evident this was not not, not where we were going. Um, so Pierce announces that Corn- uh, So when Pierce announces this match, Cornette gets angry, and he says that that is not the way things are supposed to be. Um, Cornet was great here. Um, what, what did you think of Jim's first reaction to this uh, this announcement that they're going to be facing Mr. Wrestling and Mr. Wrestling 2?
1: Yeah, the bit that stood out to me, Cornette, in you know, a sort of one-man performance, he was ranting at him about, uh, this isn't how it's supposed to go. When I wrote the list, he sort of he, he portrays a look on his face like a sudden realisation. He looks down and to the side and quietly says, just loud enough to pick up on the microphone, they weren't on the list. And then he carries on <laughs> ranting. It's like he realised, I, I knew I'd forgot somebody. Yeah. This, uh, Mr. Wrestling. Excellent.
0: He, he knew he'd made a mistake, which, which, is, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. So... Uh, basically, out come two two men dressed in masks with robes on, and they attack. They're attacked straight away by the Midnight Express. The robes come off, and it's clear that it's the Rock and Roll Express in their usual outfits, just with uh, masks in the style of Mr Wrestling and Mr Wrestling Two. And so they dropkick Cornet off the apron, and then both teams head to their corners. And the, the Rock and Roll Express take off their masks. Um, so Cornette said that they wouldn't defend against these guys. So the bit that I wasn't sure about, they do they do sort of question this a little bit later on in commentary. Um, so I wondered, are we led to believe that Smith sanctioned this anyway, knowing that it was the Rock and Roll Express, or whether um, he thought it was actually Mr. Wrestling, Mr. Wrestling Two? What, what did you? I know they do touch on this later. But what did you think of that at this at this sort of point?
1: I didn't I didn't pick up on any hints whether they were there or not as to how it was going to go one way or the other. Um, whether, yeah, like you said, if Grizzly knew it was Rock and Roll's plan and um, he went along with it, or if he had no idea and it it was just the Mr. Wrestling and Mr. Wrestling 2 on the contract, once they get in the ring, let's just go with it. Um, So they left it sort of pretty much up in the air. And uh, whether we're going to find out, I'm sure Jim Cornet will have something to say about it on the next episode. Um, Not getting too far ahead. But um, I did notice, uh, well, obviously I noticed because it happens every Match the Rock and Roll Express wearing matching tags, yes,
0: as a tag team should do, Take, uh, yeah. having a bit of you know, a bit of pride in their characters. Um, so Gibson, there's uh, right, right near the start, and um, Gibson hits a fantastic dropkick on Eaton. Um, that was actually so good that he nearly actually went over the top of his head, which is just incredible. High just did one of the best dropkicks I can possibly see him right up there with sort of Orton's, Okada's, and stuff. And people that I can't think of it. Who, who else is probably a good dropkick? These, these uh, sort of Lance days.
1: Storm was always known for his vertical leap um, yes. Cyrus in ECW used to refer I think exactly about a 40 inch vertical vertical leap, something like that Wow,
0: and I would j- jump in Jim Bronzell was good at um, drop kicks yeah. back the day as well as another one um, so yeah. Condry takes over on Gibson after tagging in and he's hit with a big back elbow um, quick tags between Eaton and Condry um, they show a shot of the crowd who are chanting Go Robert Go over and over again um, Condry rates Gibson's face and Eaton makes it back in Gibson then makes him into the corner for the tag, but the ref's back was turned—a in classic tag team moment. Um, Gibson is held over the ref's back when—sorry, uh, held over the top rope when the ref's back is turned, and um, which should have been a DQ. Um, in the ring, the Midnight's try and set Eaton up for their finisher, but he comes out of it. He pushes Condry's head into Eaton's face. Well, he sells the face; was actually more into his body. Um, yeah. and then he rolls up Condry. Um, Gibson gets back in there and hits Eaton with a couple of big body shots and then a big suplex off the middle rope and covers him for what I thought was a slightly unexpected 1-2-3 um, to the absolute delight of the crowd in Shreveport. Um, Cornette cannot believe it as the Rock and Roll Express hold up the tag team titles and make it out of the ring quickly. Um, Cornette protests the referee and is down on his knees in the ring as it cuts the break. Um, this was really fantastic. They don't really give it enough time to settle in, I thought. Um, what did you think of this tag team title change?
1: Yeah, the same as you. Um, it's... It all came and went quite quickly, but what was there was was as good as you'd expect between those two teams. Um, the what the point you mentioned where um, there was a thing behind the referee's back, it Bill Watts' wording again amused me. He said um, the tag he's made, Ronnie West, who I believe is the best referee in wrestling, was out of position and didn't see it. And I thought, well, the best referee in wrestling didn't do a very good job then, by the side of it. But then, yes. then what yeah. Watts went on to further to say, that's how good at distraction Midnight Express are, which I think uh, solved that problem.
0: Yeah, he's he is good with that sort of stuff. Most of the time, Watson, which is, which is good. I mean, talking of referees um, not performing very well, our 3rd uh, um, first standby match of the night is... Oh, no, sorry, 3rd standby match of the third stand-by night. Third stand-by match. Yeah. I did note third that down, so
1: they'd only yeah. scheduled one match, even though Carnett said there was going to be three, uh, because the third fourth match of the evening is the third standby match.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre really that they, the way they do that. So, so they, were, they were basically um, expecting the first tag team match against two people that no one had ever heard of to go the whole hour. <laughs> which is yeah. Um, so yeah, our third standby match is Krusha Krusev, who Pierce says in his introduction is the turncoat from Russia. I wonder how he feels like that. Surely uh, ring announcer should be a bit more professional than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, he is up against Magnum TA. Um He has a USA vest on this week And he takes it off quickly and doesn't get at- attacked While he's doing so, it's a nice change um, So this is a big match in the circumstance And just really thrown out there um, After a really big title change um, Watts says that the crowd is still buzzing um, And Watts also says that Grizzly Smith, Grizzly Smith gave them More than they could handle He speculates that Smith didn't know it was a Rock and Roll Express So I wonder if this is all going to end up With the title and the match, match Being reversed basically Um, Ross directs the attention back in ring um, as Magnum traps Khrushchev in an arm lock. Um, Watts recaps the angle with Mr. Wrestling and and, uh, Magnum and their eventual falling out. Um, Khrushchev tries the pile drive of Magnum's leg, strike the referee. He goes down and Magnum hits the belly-to-belly suplex and pins Khrushchev, um, which I thought was quite surprising. Um, Then the ref, groggy... uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, the ref... uh, Where am I with my notes here? So... um, Yeah, Okay. so the referee was groggy when he counted the three. um, And after the third slap, Khrushchev kicks out and Magnum collides with the referee again. Watt says that Thier has got him um, and then says he's not sure if the referee has signaled for the bell or not. Ross confirms there was definitely a three count. Then Khrushchev smashes Magnum with a coal miner's glove he pulls out of his trucks um, and knocks him out. And the referee, bizarrely, after struggling to get his bearings, then raises Khrushchev's hand without counting Magnum's shoulders down. The bell goes um, and what says that Khrushchev has won this match and Magnum TA is unconscious. Um, what did you think of this this year?
1: Uh, yeah, the finish was a complete mess. Um, yeah. To me, it looked like maybe Khrushchev should have kicked out at two and a half instead of three and a half um, of, the,
0: oh, okay. Interesting. of yeah. the
1: first one because, um, checking my notes, uh, I mean, he, he did the belly, belly to belly, which is TA's finishing move where he wins most of his matches. Um, so you would have expected the three count. But then he he kicked out, and that led to another collision between the Magnum and the referee, which I thought looked less impactful than the the kick that started it. But the referee took a bit longer to recover the second time. That gave Khrushchev the time to get the coal miners' glove out. He smacked him, went for a cover. And um, that's when I thought Khrushchev definitely kicked out too late because he and the ref sort of look at each other and pause, and then he raises his hand. The commentators were playing it like they don't know why, that happened, or and they were fairly sure the three count had gone down before that. All I can imagine for Khrushchev being the winner would be perhaps he thought T.A. kicked him on purpose, but he saw outright what the move was. Khrushchev picked him up to cause that kick. So yeah, it, it, it was a mess, sense, I, I thought, right? and it, yeah. it didn't make much sense overall between how each of the people reacted to what was going on.
0: No, I think now you said that that makes sense. I, I didn't spot that, but actually it would make sense if the referee was kicked, and then he went he, he went, to, went for the pin. Uh, yeah, went for the pinfall after that, but then he kicked out. Then got his bearings, then realised that actually he was kicked by Magazine and disqualified him. But I yeah. just thought this this was a mess, and, it, and I don't say this too often about Mid South, but um, if it wasn't that, and this was a legitimate pin, like you know he pinned it. We, we c- surely can't be meant to believe that the referee suffered short-term memory loss here um, for what was like a nothing bump from Magnacya. So yeah, I think the it wasn't a pinball explanation It's probably um, the right one here or well, right one there because that, that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. So after the break, we have our fourth standby match. Um, Nature Boy Buddy Landel Stagger Lee, who comes out to his catchy tune to the delight of the crowd. Um, Landell catches staggerly before the bell, um, before Lee fires back. All of the baby faces in this, this promotion always get caught before the bell. It's just like, come on. That's just that, That's becoming like the distraction finish in terms of bugging I me. Mean, just stand there and don't get attacked. Um, yeah. What says that JYD will be back next week and that he's been having some big matches in Memphis, Atlanta, a big one at the Texas Stadium that I meant to look up, but I haven't, um, and Charlotte, North Carolina, um, Lee, Lee, Lee hits Landell with a power slam for the 38 seconds. Um, and then Haxall Butch hits the ring straight away um, at the bell and has a can of paint. Um, I thought this was quite surprising that Landell lost so quickly. Obviously, it's to lead to an angle, but Landell is a kind of named guy, and he just got really jobbed out here um, by Lee in 38 seconds. Um, so Landell has Lee's T-shirt pulled up over his head, and Reed hits a great-looking flying tackle from the top rope. Um, Lee is down on his front, and Reed paints his back yellow. Um, eventually, Doug and the Rock and Roll Express make it out to make the save. Um, but if I was Lee, I'd be asking a lot of questions about why it took so long for them to come down. So what do you think of this very quick match and angle here?
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised at how, how quick it was. But obviously, the angle after the match was, was the main point of the purpose of it. But um, uh, when um, Butch Reed went to the top rope to do his, what they call a spear, what I would call a shoulder block, he seemed to hesitate because I think Stagger was a lot further away than he thought he was. So yeah. then the, the dive Butchery does sort of three quarters away, of the way across the ring was um, was even more impressive than usual. He, he covered a lot of ground there. And uh, yeah, I liked that. He... Her... Sorry, go on. So, no, you go here, Mike. You go I was just going to say I liked how animated Bill Watts gone um, shouting. He's painting him yellow. He's painting him yellow. And uh, yeah, I liked it.
0: Yeah, he, he, he was... Growing. I want you to get I I Reed is just, uh, again, I've said it before, but I'd really liked, I wish that, that it existed, that there was a you know, a house show or something of these guys um, with decent production values where you could see them all around that time in, in longer matches with each other. Yeah. I, I think Reed has been massively impressive. And I don't remember thinking too much of him. I know he was in, he was in, the, he was in the WF Titus one at the restaurant at four, wasn't he? He was one of Randy Savage's opponents, wasn't he? I, I think memory.
1: I think um, he was, yeah, and uh, he yeah. main-evented one of the Survivor Series, he was in one of one of the heel teams in, in there, but it, besides that, I don't think he did too much in WWE.
0: No, I, d- I don't remember thinking too too much, I, I actually don't know what happened to him after that, um, and he didn't seem to be around for too long during the, the big sort of um, WF expansion um, times, and, and sort of really, sort of first, first pay-per-view era, I really. Think-
1: um, I think it maybe wasn't long after if WrestleMania Four t- tournament was 1988. I think by 89, 90 he was already tagging with Ron Simmons in WCW.
0: Oh, of course he was. So that was Doom, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, that's 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 where he went from there. Um, but yeah, so, so actually he, he actually had a match. His last match was in 2008, believe it or not. Oh. Um, so yeah, again Doctor Death Steve Williams. All
1: right.
0: Yeah, so, where, where was um, that?
1: Just some random indie, or was it a big issue event? So
0: that was um, that was actually uh, Williams's fourth to last match. That was SWCW in Oklahoma City. Um, SWCW are sooner world class wrestling. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that, that. So that's really, really. I was, I was, I was wondering actually. I'm not sure when Steve Williams passed away, but that's that's obviously. Um, must, I would have thought he'd been having, you know. Fairly significant health issues by that um, by that time. Yeah, he passed away in December 2009. Actually, so right. it's quite incredible that he um, he was able to come back at that at that point. Um, so uh, so um, after the after this match um, and after the break, Watts recapped the ankle with and Volkov shaking Duggan's beard and they show the whole thing again. Do, do you have anything to add on this um, this ankle from last week?
1: Um, once again, Bill Watts, um, the way he worded it, they. They tried to shear the locks of the Samson of Mid South wrestling, so that was putting uh, Dugan over quite big there, calling him the Samson of Mid South, and his hair gives him some kind of power. By the sounds of it,
0: yeah, that that was really great. Um, and at the desk, Watts said that um, Dugan had gone to SMU to play football, and he, when he went, he was clean shaven, and then when he went home, he had a long hair. He had long hair and a beard, and as an American, he's free to do what he likes, and he's the only one to choose whether to change that or not. Which I thought was a, was a great line from Watts. And...
1: Uh, uh, one bit in the middle of that, he, after four years of playing football at MSU SMU, he had long hair and a beard, and it made his sister cry. <laughs> I did Yeah, I've but he incredible. told her he believed in the freedom <laughs> to choose your own lifestyle. Oh my god, that's incredible! <laughs> I
0: wish they had that. I had the, I had a video of, that of, um, of Jim Duggan's sister crying because of his long hair. It's just
1: um, how Bill Watts can sort of paint a picture with his words all the way through this episode. I was really impressed. That's the thing, why it's, it,
0: some of these episodes are quite tough. Some of the dialogue-heavy episodes because there's so much. There's just so much gold on commentary and in these promos that you feel like you've got to really listen. And I find myself a lot sort of skipping backwards to actually try and get as much of this down as possible because it's almost sometimes when you get an episode where it's a lot of matches, you think it's almost a. Uh, It's almost an hour off, really, but the the, the commentary is just just pure gold
1: from all of them, really. Um, I did have a couple more uh, uh, thoughts on on that um, angle there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, great. Well, first of all, I don't think Terry Taylor should have to pay that $2,500. He left the desk, but before it even got up onto the ring apron, Butch Reed had got him from behind, beat him up, and tied him to the ring post. So Terry Taylor didn't do any interfering. He just walked to the ring and got beat up.
0: I think you should put that on a postcard to uh, Mid-South Headquarters. I'll so send that to Bixby yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Bigsby, please that's, do. The, word, that's yeah. the
1: place, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and also right about right. Uh, one thing that's just dawned on me halfway through it, how obviously there's two hacksaws in Mid-South at the same time, Jim Duggan and Butch Reed, but they both have the same finishing move as well. I just thought yes. that's something that would never, ever happen in this day and age. Thinking about the times, well, it's quite a long time ago now, how WWE... Renamed Shane Helms when he come from WCW Gregory Helms because they already had Shane McMahon, and yeah. I think um, uh, there's a few other examples. I think Lance Cade was fairly well known, and he become Garrison Cade because they already had Lance Storm. Things like that. It was it's as though WWE believe wrestlers uh, fans would be confused if there was two wrestlers with the same first name.
0: Which is which is ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's just another ridiculous WWEism. It really yeah. um, yeah. is. So perhaps an unprecedented fifth standby match of the evening now. Um, Jerry Gray is in ring, and Jim Duggan makes his way out to a big reaction. Gray attacks him before the bell again, but Duggan quickly gets on top. Um, he almost kills him with an incredibly looking, incredibly stiff-looking clothesline, and smashes a spear-type tackle, and then wins in a shade under 38 seconds. So what do you think of uh, Mr. Duggan here and his quick
1: victory? Uh, The only note I made for this match was, um, I wondered, is this the first time he carried the American flag to the ring, which was something else he did all the time in WWE? I don't remember him doing it in the previous few matches I've seen him in Mid-South. No,
0: I can't recall, actually. Not sure. I know know he's out of board, but yeah, I don't don't know about the the American flag, Um, but yeah, clearly... Clearly, with the direction here, with um, with him, that that sort of makes sense as to as to where they're sort of potentially going next.
1: Yeah. And though I
0: understand Volkov wasn't around for too long, but I, again, I, I think I mentioned in the last show, I'm not sure that was a Wrestling Observerism or an actual fact. Um, yeah. And, and him um, getting attacked.
1: Yeah. Him getting attacked uh, before um, at the bell, as you mentioned, uh, he was halfway through doing the pledge of allegiance to that flag, I believe. Uh, oh the right. guy, Okay. The guy snuck up on it. That is poor, poor sportsmanship.
0: Um, Absolutely. So, uh, Watts is at ringside now with Mr. Wrestling and Mr. Wrestling 2. Um, and what says that he let them know um, what happened earlier on with the tag team title situation. Um, Mr. Wrestling 2 is not wearing the normal mask here and is instead sporting uh, one that is yellow and black. Uh, Mr. Wrestling says he knew nothing about what had happened um, and he's never missed a title match in his life. Um, he says that they came out of their apartment, so we're to, we are to presume that these two are living together. So Mr. Resting obviously takes his um, teacher-student relationship ke- like very seriously to the point he actually lives with his students. Yeah, that's that a reality show. Yeah, I think Mr. Resting, Mr. Rest- Mr. Resting, and uh, actually, I think Hercules is no longer with us, is he? So that probably yeah, would be true. a yeah, great reality show now. Um, so, just Mr. on his own. Um, so he saw that his car had been vandalized, and um, stuff had been stolen, and the tires were flat. He says to Watts, "You know what I think about the Rock and Roll Express? You know what I think about rock and roll? Period. It stinks." And he thinks <laughs> about a lot of other things in mid south stink as well. All rock and rollers do is smoke dope, pop pills, and go around and thieve and steal and cause corruption from one end to the other. He then gets into it with Watts, and Watts says he can't condemn everyone like that and that he actually listens to rock and roll sometimes. His kids listen to rock and roll, um, and not everyone that does smokes dope or... Um, so what do you think? I thought this was really fantastic, so, but what do you think of this opening with uh, Mr. Wrestling and Bill Watts going at it?
1: I think you've undersold how funny that exchange was between yeah. Mr. Wrestling and Bill Watts. He, he, I mean, the, the line about all all rock and rollers do is blah, 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 and then Watts cuts him off saying... You can't make a broad statement like that about an entire culture. A lot of people, it's the way he says this, a lot of people here like rock and roll. I like rock and roll, and then he whispers, now and then. (laughs) (laughs) So he doesn't really like it, but maybe once in a while, and I like that. But um, before that part, actually, um, that started after a commercial break. Before that commercial break, the listing said, after the break, Randy Barber versus Mike Jackson. And I was thinking at that point, we're going to see two of these people that are treated as sort of job guys uh, actually have a match with each other. And it'll be interesting to see how that went. But obviously, we didn't get that far.
0: No. um, So after this, Watts Watts then says that Mr. Wrestling has been back um, to the dressing room and asks him what has transpired and how they ended up with his gear. Mr. Wrestling 2 then basically goes back over everything he just said before. Um, But then he does explain why Mr. Wrestling 2 is wearing a different mask because basically his mask was stolen. Um, what says that the Rock and Roll Express are allowed equal time to explain their side of it? Um, and Mr. Wrestling says that the Express couldn't afford a ro- robes like they have. Um, and if they had been in the match instead of the Rock and Roll Express, they would have won the titles. Mr. Wrestling 2 says they should bring the Rock and Roll Express out there right now. Oh, sorry, Mr. Wrestling says they should bring the Rock and Roll Express out there right now. Um, what says that this isn't a signed match? We already have the wrestlers in ring. It's supposed to be Randy Barber versus Mike Jackson. And Mr. Wrestling 2 grabs at Mike and cruelly says... Who cares about Randy Barber and Mike Jackson? I want the Rock and Roll Express out here right now. Poor oh, guys. I mean, early on, um, Phil Watts has already sort of slagged off all these guys, and now <laughs> they're getting it again. So, yeah, this is just phenomenal. I just think Mr. Wrestling is so good. It, I, I keep talking about his – it's not expressions because he's covered up, but his, his body language is just incredible, and he's, just, he's so good in this. I bet I wonder if he's just been itching to play a bad guy for a long time, so I understand his pretty perennial baby face. Um, but I just thought, I thought this was great um, Boyd Pierce in the ring Because it's his job to introduce the match um, And, it has to, and that Mr Wrestling just speaks to Grizzly Smith um, Mr Wrestling 2 then starts beating up Barbara and Jackson While Mr Wrestling heads to the outside um, The crowd chants rock and roll um, Mr Wrestling 2, the future Hercules Catches one of them in his backbreaker And then hurls him at the other Which I thought was incredible He does this to the other guy as well And then no-sells a the dropkick um, I thought this was just fantastic What, what do you think of this, uh, this segment overall?
1: Yeah, I noted the same as you about it. It was sort of a torture rack over his shoulders on the on one guy, and then he just launched him at the other guy. He got up first, so he put him in the torture rack, and once the second guy got up, he threw he got thrown out as well. I yeah. uh, enjoyed that little exchange there. Um,
0: I thought he looked great last week. I think which which week it was. He had a match um the new Mr. Wrestling too, but I thought he looked really, really smooth. I never yeah. remember Hercules being all that good, but I suppose. He had a bit of tenure by this point, and had been in an in Assassin's Tag Team. So I guess he was. I mean, this may well have been his peak. Actually, thinking about
1: it, possibly so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't look at him. The the only one, um, obviously, the last time um, I did an episode with you, I I'd, I'd researched Jim Cornette and discovered he was only twenty two years old. Um, the the one I did that for this uh, this episode was Crusher Uh He was only oh, twenty four yes. at this point. And he'd only debuted 1983, so he was still in his rookie year at this point, and he's looked really good in the weeks I've I've seen him wrestle.
0: So, the, so there's a lot to be said about um, using sort of younger guys. I think that's that's. I mean, that, that's that's an interesting point actually. So WWE their their um, fan base is is pretty much our age and, and sort of late sort of late 30s, early 40s, and beyond in terms of who who watches them and. and Um, I've heard Mel talk about this and a few other people as well around that actually when when 80s wrestling was around, all the guys were young and even Vince himself was was really anti-older wrestlers. So he got rid of Hogan around sort of 40, 41. Savage was in his early 40s when he stopped using him. He he got rid of Brett when he was 40. But now actually the promotion is really largely um, on part-time as an older wrestler, which is is an odd change really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I guess it does reflect Vince himself, you know, when he's a young guy. Um, he thinks sort of youth is is the way ahead, and now he's an older guy, and he thinks he and I'm assuming the people around him are doing such a good job, he maybe thinks it's the same thing in the ring, keep the older guys
0: uh, on top. Yeah, it's a weird one. And um, Mr. Wrestling Two, the Future Hercules, was 28 um, at, the, at the time of this uh, this taping. Oh, actually, sorry, 27, he's just about turned 28. So yeah, youth on his side still still there. So. Um, what then says that while they try and have order restored, they're going to head to Oklahoma for a special piece on Doctor Death Steve Williams. Um, so this is basically match footage set to Genesis, just a job to do, and this is the official Phil Collins Mid South Moments debut. Um, what did you think of it? I don't think there was much to this. It just seemed like a bit of a bit of a um, filling of time, really. What did you think of this uh, video package on
1: Steve? Yeah. Williams? I was trying to identify some of the people he was in the ring with. I saw Butch Reed and Nikolai Volkov, but the interesting one was um, King Kong Bundy. Uh, was he a Mid-South regular before this point?
0: I think, I don't know, actually, um, which is which is not a great answer from someone that's... No, um, I, haven't,
1: I haven't seen him in the episodes I've been watching, but I don't know if that's sort of, he's coming in, or, because all I know of him from WWE, he was there by 1985, obviously, the first WrestleMania.
0: So I think he, um, so looking at this, um, I think he was around in Mid-South, but it might have been, it possibly could have been world-class as well. I think Steve Williams probably worked in a couple of territories around there there's a lot of, ta- a lot of talent exchanges. There's not a huge, amount, um, a huge amount on it on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, the, so. the way it
1: was sort of, the, the way the arena looked and how it was filmed, I did assume maybe it wasn't all Mid-South wrestling footage that maybe got footage from elsewhere for this video package.
0: Yeah, I think so. That that tends to be something they they do do quite a lot um, with 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 the use of um, predominant. Well, I think all probably all um, other NWA territories. Um, so just looking at King Kong Bundy on um, CageMatch dot net, which is which is excellent for for this sort of thing. It pretty much yeah. goes into all of their stuff. So yeah, King Kong Bundy was in Mid South in '83 actually. So he would right. I'm sure he would have been. Um, yeah, here we go. Um, 28th of August, 83, um, King Bundy defeats Steve Williams um, at the Myriad Centre in Oklahoma City, which is one of of their uh, bigger arena house show uh, dates, basically. So, yeah, he would have been around. And, yeah, looking at it, he's basically there in the summer of 83 and perhaps before. So that that has answered that one. Um, So, uh, basically, back at the desk, what says that Barbara and Jackson were badly battered by Mr. Wrestling 2? And anyway... On to the most important thing on this show. Main event. The main event. One of the most astonishing things I've ever seen in (laughs) almost... How long have I watching wrestling now? So it will be 30 years soon. um, And this this is... Oh, no, actually, it's more more than 30 years, actually. So, yeah, over 30 years. um, One of the most astonishing things I've ever seen. They've been promising us a super date at the Superdome update. And Jim Ross is in the ring. With the new tag team champions, to tell us all about this exciting contest. Um, so the Rock and Roll Express is surrounded by girls, and Ross says that they all are, they are all proud of them winning the titles, and the ladies clap. Um, they then show a graphic on screen for the super date at the Superdome, with an address that ladies can send their entries to. Um, so what this told me is that Mid South could spend money on a proper graphic this competition, but like a television <laughs> title tournament gets a bracket handwritten on a bit of card. So what? Let's just pause here. Uh, Up to this point, what are your thoughts on this so far before we delve even further?
1: Right, up to this point. um, Well, I made a comment about Ricky Morton. I I spotted something while he was in the room with the girls, but I don't know if we've got that for you. Oh, go go on. Yeah, what what, what, was it? it, It's just a sort of um, awkward exchange. I can only describe it as sort of like an Alan Partridge or a David (laughs) Brent thing where... (laughs) <laughs> They're all stood, and obviously the girls are huddled as close as they can to get to all get on the camera with the Rock and Roll Express and with Jim Ross. And at one point, Ricky Martin just stretches his arm out and puts it around one of the girls' shoulders. Oh, god, He, he looks across at, at Caesar and then immediately changes his mind and takes <laughs> his arm back again. <laughs> but no, not that one. Oh started. my god! It, it was it was amazing,
0: incredible. Um, And then I was
1: going to say something about when Watts was back at the desk, uh, something he said, but I don't think we've got there yet.
0: Okay, great. So so Ross goes to the prize again. So two winners are going to get round airfare trips to New Orleans, ringside seats to Superdome, and best of all, and this is me quoting, best of all, a date with the Rock and Roll Express. Ross says that he knows they like to party. (laughs) What better place than New Orleans? Eaton says he thanks the fans for sticking with them and that at the super date at the Superdome, they're all going to party all night long, and the Q screams from the crowd. Ross reiterates, you have to be single, and I'm not sure how (laughs) they would check that you weren't, because this is long before the days of Facebook relationship statuses, and above the age of 18. Ross then clarifies the point I was expected to hear, and perhaps the creepiest thing in the history of wrestling television. To enter, the single ladies, 18 or above, have to send a picture and explain 25 words or less. 25 words? You don't need to say very much, ladies. 25 words or preferably less. I think the picture
1: was the most important part.
0: Yeah, the picture, um, and and Bill Watts goes on to explain that further. So 25 words or less, why you want to go on the super day at the Superdome. And he says that two ladies are going to be very lucky. So (laughs) we cut back to the desk, and Watts says that from all the photos that are sent in, an independent agency, and I'll put that in inverted commas, will select the two winners. And obviously, the better the picture you send, the more chance you have of winning. And also, uh sorry, yeah, okay. Um And then, so I'm just not sure there are any words that can adequately recap this. Uh, there is one more point, actually, and do you know what? I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip forward to this because this is this is a really important point. So after they run for- run through what's on next week, Magnum Tia versus Masayuto, the junkyard dog, and they'll give us more info on the super date at the superdome, which he thinks is a revolutionary idea, and two <laughs> young ladies are going to be extremely happy. Watts also points out, just when he thought this couldn't get any worse, that all of the entries and all of the material—that is the word he used. Uses the, um, is sent in, will become property of Mid-South Sports. The ladies will be flown to New Orleans, arrive at the Superdome by limo, and after they'll be taken to dinner and be able to go dancing with the Rock and Roll Express. Now, please excuse me, Mark, while you give me your, your thoughts on this, because I'm about
1: to vomit. Yeah. What did
0: you think of this?
1: The note I made was what you just stressed very well yourself, in in how seriously... Bill Watts looked when he said, I must stress, the better the photo you send in, the better your <laughs> chances are of winning. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to see anyone fully clothed, it was how I picked that up. It could have been construed a number of ways, but he wanted them to send a really, really good photo in Uh-oh. to improve their chances of winning. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, may God have mercy on their souls.
0: I mean, I, I just, there, there would literally have been thousands and thousands and thousands of Entries to this competition. I mean, th- this was this was a, t- a television show that aired in lots of big markets, um, and they, you know, it, it, it just is quite incredible what what this ultimately was. Um, in that there was, they, I mean, they, uh, I mean, there's a there's a small part of me that thinks this is slightly genius on behalf of the Rock and Roll Express, but less so that given that um, obviously Ricky Morton was, was had been married for six years, uh, and I suspect probably Gibson probably was as well, but. I mean, this just doesn't really age very well at all, um, and yeah, ju- ju- I think it's just bizarre more than anything that they put so much emphasis on this bloody competition to win a date with the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, there was more emphasis on this than the fact they'd won the tag team titles, I thought.
1: Yeah, it was built towards, mentioned early in the show, and stay tuned so you can get more details, and then that's how they closed the show with it.
0: Yeah, j- just just incredible. So... I mean this is this is certainly um I'm not sure incredible is the right word, but we'll go with incredible. Certainly the most incredible moment of mid-south wrestling I've seen so far, Mark. So I think this is a an excellent episode um to review. I thought that the the, the episode long storyline really the taking title change was, was really done very well. Um the super date the superdome making me feel sick aside. Um you obviously had the the bit of a mess with Crusher a cruise um, as well but what what are your final thoughts on this uh this episode probably infamous episode of mid-south
1: wrestling yeah that was it i mean to take away we've got the the whole i, I enjoy watching the midnight express uh from any period but seeing them do three matches albeit two very quick ones and and a fairly short one with rock and roll i, I was happy with that and then yeah you've got the the newsworthy part which was the super date at the superdome and then uh yeah, some unusual, unusual choices. Sort of um, like we said earlier, burying half the roster by saying um, these are eight guys would give Midnight Express a match, but nobody else would. And um, yeah, it was uh, there was certainly a lot to talk about each segment. So yeah, absolutely. At that.
0: Um- Phil Stagall is on the case to try and find me the episode number where apparently um, and hopefully there is some footage of the winners of the Super Date at the Superdome. Whoa. uh So I might um, I might break my normal rules and actually go, I might actually skip ahead and actually and um, actually watch that. I'll probably tweet that out. Um, but Mark, thank you so much again for your your time today. Um, hopefully we'll have you on again before too long. Um, and congratulations again on your excellent and much deserved WrestleMania trivia. And um, victory so yeah thank you very much again for your time
1: thank you very much
0: thank you very much for listening to this week's episode if you've enjoyed the podcast please head over to itunes where you can subscribe and perhaps you'll even be kind enough to leave me a lovely five-star review which would absolutely make my day if you're interested in guest hosting please contact me via the mid south moments twitter account which is at mid moments and i look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon